First Person is produced in cooperation with the Far East Broadcasting Company, who rejoice in the stories of changed lives through the power of Jesus Christ. Learn more at febc.org. We pray that thou wilt touch the hearts of all these friends and give them a faith that will rise and dare to begin to believe thee to do the unexpected and even the impossible. For thou art the God of the impossible. Prayer voiced by the late great preacher A.W. Tozer opening this edition of First Person, where we'll focus our attention on who this man was and what we can learn from how he prayed. Welcome, I'm Wayne Shepherd. My guest today is Phil Shepherd. Whether they live in the past or the present, we like to hear about the lives of people who give themselves to Christ and follow his call in their life. If you'd like to explore any of the hundreds of interviews we've done over the past several years, please visit firstpersoninterview.com. The audio archive you'll find there will invite you to listen and learn from a variety of people from all walks of life. We also have a free smartphone app making it easy to listen and download interviews for later listening. You'll find it by searching for First Person Interview in your respective app store. My friend, Phil Shepard, has compiled 100 prayers of A.W. Tozer in a book titled Approaching the Almighty. I invited Phil to sit down in the studio to talk about these powerful prayers, but also about the man behind them. And I started by asking about those initials. Aiden Wilson Tozer. Okay, I don't think I ever knew that. Yeah, Aiden, and you think about it, he was born in 1897, and Aiden is one of the most popular names given baby boys today. Yeah. Well, I'm going to assume that not everyone listening knows anything at all about A.W. Tozer, but he was a Chicago, largely a Chicago preacher back in the 1950s, right? Uh, Actually, he was called to the Southside Christian and Missionary Alliance Church in November of 1928. Oh, he goes back that far? 1928. I didn't know that. And he served there until November of 1959. Okay. I guess I'm thinking of the fact that we have recordings and you've been curating the recordings from the 1950s. Yeah, the recordings uh, uh, actually span uh, January of 53 through his departure, November of 59. So almost uh, seven, I guess that's about seven or eight years. Okay. But let's back up again. Who was this man? A.W. Tozer uh, was a, a, a self-taught man. He grew up in western Pennsylvania on a farm. The family, like a lot of rural people, had to migrate to the cities, and they migrated to Akron and got into the tire business. But on the farm, he learned a lot, and he read a lot. He read so much that when he went to eighth grade, He came home the first day, and he told his mother, I know more than they know. (laughs) And he never went back to school. Is that right? Yeah. (laughs) And so uh, everything that A.W. Tozer is or was, uh, was what he learned on his own. Okay. How about theological training, though? By the books. Self-taught. Self-taught. Never went to seminary. No. No. Isn't that amazing? Well, and and I, I recall one message where he said, brother... You're not going to pin a label on me, <laughs> and he doesn't have um, he does not have any label of a, of a certain uh, uh, seminary or Bible college. No, it's a he studied the church fathers uh, mm. from the thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth century. Mm-hmm. He he read them. He would quote them. Uh, he uh, the master poets of the ages. He knew their poetry, and as I've gone through. 
over 400 messages. I've learned so much about poetry, mm-hmm. and what's nice about the internet is, is I can go in and I can take that phrase and I can, oh, okay, it's mm-hmm. that guy, yeah. and I learned about them. Um, okay. But then again, and then he also studied hymnody. He knew the hymns and the gospel songs, often referring to, yeah, that was a Moody, that was a Moody, D.L. Moody uh, <laughs> gospel song. And so he was so, uh, uh, so much. Uh, but he was not a musician, was he? Oh, no, I don't. You want to hear him sing? <laughs> he, he wouldn't. No. He he trusted those things to other people. Yeah. So these are some of the reasons why we should pay attention to Tozer today. But of course, the most important reason is just his insight into the Scripture and his call for Christians to live holy lives. It wasn't wasn't that the key message that he would preach? Yes. Uh, he uh, and even going back to his conversion, he he was the only. Only uh, uh, there were no Christians in his family, and he somehow got into a Methodist camp meeting and was troubled by what he heard. He came home, went to the attic of his house, farmhouse, and he prayed, prayed through, and he sought God. He was troubled by what it meant to, in his own life. He was troubled by what he heard, the Holy Spirit. He was convicted, in He other was words. convicted, yeah. yes. Okay. And so he began to seek God on his own in the attic of his home. And it started a life of seeking God. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's amazing uh, the insight. Uh, even back, he was writing editorials uh, in the nineteen late thirties and the forties, and they the Christian Missionary Alliance made him the editor of their uh, weekly magazine, which had a worldwide uh, circulation. So he was the editor of that from uh, I, I think uh, late forties through the late fifties. Yeah, I wanted to mention he was a part of the Christian Missionary Alliance. That's correct. denomination we would call it. Well, denomination today, but in those days, in his days, it was just a missionary society. In fact, it was started in 1887 by A.B. Simpson, and uh, Tozer's first book was called Wingspread. It was biography on A.B. Oh, Simpson. Okay. And uh, and then from that, uh, he wrote uh, a biography about uh, uh, Mr. Chaffee, uh, the, uh, and I can't think of his first name now. Uh, and then his third book in 1948 was The Pursuit of God, which is still in print today. Right. I wanted to ask you about those okay. books. So The Pursuit of God is perhaps his best-known book, uh, you think? or, or uh, the, the Knowledge of the Holy yeah, in 1961. Okay, all right. So talk, talk to me about those books. What, what makes them unique? Well, actually, in the introduction to uh, uh, the New Approach in the Almighty book, uh, I recount how I, I found on one of his sermons, he talks about it. He said, he said, everything that God has used in me to help people He's given it to me on my knees. He said, as it related to the knowledge of the holy, he said, he said, I wrote that on my knees. He mm. said, I had a notepad, and I would pray, and I would write the thoughts. And he said, most of the chapters were written on his knees. Wow. wow. You know, very often today in churches, you'll hear pastors, contemporary pastors, cite A.W. Tozer. And I think a lot of people say, who is Tozer? You know, and that's that's why I wanted to have this conversation with you today. Exactly. To bring uh, out this man and his ministry. Well, just recently I heard Chuck Swindoll in Insight for Living quote Tozer. Uh, John MacArthur uh, in the last few years. I, in fact, I heard that. I recorded that because I wanted to have hear that again. But, yes, throughout the years, uh, I would say he was a prominent Christian thinker alongside maybe right up there with C.S. Lewis. Mm-hmm. In fact, I had one message where Mr. Tozer almost a little vainly said, 
it's my understanding that C.S. Lewis has a copy of The Pursuit of God now. Right? And he didn't say any more, but I could see his, his, uh, his, his buttons popping. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that, that's an interesting story indeed. Okay, so the books were um, The Knowledge of the Holy, which was the second book that we were talking uh, actually, about. Actually, yeah, The Pursuit of God was 1948. Okay. The Knowledge of the Holy was 1961, okay. after he had left the church. Are these books still in print, by the way? Oh, Yes. Yes, yes. Which um, in itself says a lot about their importance, doesn't it? It does. It does. And uh, in fact, uh, uh, HarperCollins, uh, HarperCollins is the one who published, is the only book that originally was published outside of his own denomination. I see. Uh, I had lunch with his son, Wendell, years ago. And Wendell told me he and his dad went to the Walnut Room at Marshall Fields in Chicago and uh his dad was troubled, as A.W. was troubled over who to publish this knowledge of the holy with. And, uh, and Wendell said, Dad, he said, you always publish with your, your denomination's publishing house. He said, how are your grandchildren going to know that you are a world-class author if you only publish? <laughs> and, and this is yeah. what he told me, he said. And he said, well, I'll do it for them. Uh-huh. And he went with Harper Collins. And as my understanding, the family still gets royalties off of that today. Interesting, indeed. Yeah, I, I hear uh, people today talk about that as a strategy for publishing, you know, to get a wider distribution yeah. and so on. So I, I understand that. Well, let's talk about your interface with Tozer. Um, of course, we together worked at Moody Bible Institute for a long time. Yes. And is while you were at Moody, uh, is that was your introduction to, to Tozer? Uh, my introduction with Tozer actually happened over the brand new Moody Broadcasting Network in the early 80s. I worked at WDLM in East Moline, Illinois. I was a Sunday. The owned and operated stations of Moody. Yeah, yeah the owned and operated station. Uh, it was the third station of Moody's. And uh, and so I, uh, my job was to play the programs there locally, but the new satellite network captivated me. And I found out that at 9 o'clock on Sunday nights, it was the Tozer pulpit. <laughs> and so what I had to do was I had to hurry up and start the Lutheran hour at nine o'clock locally, and I'd always start at thirty seconds before the top of the hour, so I was legal and giving the ID. <laughs> I would run in the production room and sit by chair, sit back, and I would listen to A.W. Tozer for the hour, and that was my Sunday evening service. Okay, so by the so time you were captivated early on, huh? uh, I was smitten with his understanding. And he would talk about the character of God, and no one had ever talked about the character of God. Let's tell the story. How did the, the tapes of Tozer's sermons get into the hands of Moody and for, for broadcast? Well, uh, back in the early 50s, in fact, right around 1952, reel-to-reel tape became commercially available in the United States. A man by the name of Earhart Erickson bought a tape recorder and started recording the message, the services, the music, and the message uh, in January of '53, and so he amassed this this library yeah. of recordings for about eight years. Probably unheard of in that day to have a pastor's oh. uh, sermonic material recorded oh, in that well, way. Huh? Yeah, it, it, well, it couldn't be because before that, you'd yeah. have to have a transcription disc right. and you could only get wire the, recorders before. Yeah. Oh yeah. my goodness! I think of all the wires springing <laughs> around there. But but so you know, this is something that he did, and so thankful that he did that because he left us. And so and so what he did when he passed away in 1976, his son Bert Erickson, who by the way was 
general counsel of Safety Clean in Elgin, a prominent lawyer, he gave these to Moody Bible Institute, these messages, this library of reel-to-reel tapes, and uh, with the stipulation that we would copy them mm-hmm. and then give a copy yeah. to uh, the Christian Missionary Alliance archives. And so so we started off in, the, in 1976, and uh, by... You know, maybe by 1980, there were about a, close to 100 messages that had been remastered for airing. Yeah. But then then it, it kind of fell out of disfavor. I uh-huh. think people found out that, I, I like to read Tozer, but I yeah. don't know if I want to listen. dated sounding, huh? Yeah, yeah, dated sounding and that, that Western PA, Western Pennsylvania kind of <laughs> dialect. And some people just love it. And, you know, I think you just have to acquire taste. Yeah. Uh, because what he has to say is life-changing. I agree. And we'll continue talking with Phil Shepard about A.W. Tozer, coming up in a moment on First Person. I'm Ed Cannon. The Far East Broadcasting Company partners with First Person because we celebrate the stories of people everywhere who have given their lives to Christ and serve Him. Our broadcasters in 50 countries of the world hear stories every day of people whose lives are transformed by the gospel and who have faithfully been taught God's Word. In addition to First Person, I'm pleased that Wayne and I host a podcast, and we invite you to join us. Listen to Until All Have Heard at febc.org. That's febc.org. My guest is Phil Shepard, who has put together a book. He's compiled the prayers, 100 prayers of A.W. Tozer in this new book called Approaching the Almighty. It's published by Moody Publishers, and uh, Phil has long been associated with Moody, as have I through the years. Um, but when you came from uh, one of the outlying radio stations owned by Moody to Chicago, did you then kind of inherit the Tozer Pulpit? How did you get involved with Tozer? I just came and I inquired. I just had such an interest. In fact, Wayne, when I, when I first drove into the Chicago area, one of the first things I did was I drove into a, a grocery store and I went to the phone book to look in the yellow pages for the Christian Missionary Alliance. Really? I was looking for Tozer's church. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm just being honest okay. with you. All I right. just, I just, he spoke to my heart in a way that no wow. one else had. He was long gone by this time. Well, he died in 1963. Right. And so here I am in 1983. So 20 years later, trying to find Tozer's church and to find out, well, it's it's not even where it was. And, and the, the building's still there in, in uh, the Englewood area of Chicago, but the church is long gone. Did you have an official connection then with this library of messages that were contained at Moody? You know, the best I can recollect was coming in and maybe maybe uh, harassing you or somebody else there. Where are these tapes at? I would like more. <laughs> if you did, I don't remember okay. it. So. <laughs> but, but what I did, I started, and I recall working with uh, Perry Straw, our dear friend of Perry course, Straw, yes. who, 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 who cared for the Master Library, and, and he was operating the, the what we call the cassette ministry to get messages out. So I said, Perry, I said, I'll, I'll dub these, I'll, I'll record these at home under cassette so you can offer them to people. And that's yeah. how I started Okay, All right. in, the, in the mid to late 80s. And another inside baseball story here is that tapes like that deteriorate over time. Uh, they're not going to last eternally, uh, recorded uh, acetate tape. So there was a, a move needed to, to duplicate the tapes into a more uh, permanent form. Correct. Were you involved in that process? At oh, all? yes. I, uh, I, you know, I, I did as much as I could in the studios there uh, on, around my regular job, uh, but I eventually, I eventually took them all home where okay. I could work in them. So right. I pretty much worked throughout the 90s. So this was a labor of love for you? Uh, I, this I, wasn't I, part of your paid responsibility. Oh, no, I didn't get paid for doing these. 
No, it was all, you know. And so I worked uh, for the next three decades at home. Uh, you know, a lot of the, at first it was mastering to cassette, and, and uh, so Perry could make them available. Mm-hmm. But then it became where uh, CDs, and I thought, well, I'll make CD copies, but then online. And so I, uh, I find I found out that there are 407 messages, and just before I retired from Moody in 2018, uploaded them all to MoodyAudio.com, and there they are. So anyone listening today can go where? We'll put this information in our program notes as well. Oh, okay. how, how do they listen to Tozer today? Okay, uh, well, they can go to Moody Audio. M-O-O-D-Y, moodyaudio.com, and there's a button there for Tozer, and there are uh, searchable. Wow. You can search the messages. Yeah. They're a free download. And we have you to thank for that. So thank well, you. Well, we, we worked. Uh, <laughs> we, I think we all worked together, Wayne. Uh, yeah. you, you were the original announcer for the Tozer pulpit. <laughs> you know, I wish 40, I remembered that, but oh, I yeah. really don't. Yeah. Uh, there were so many programs being produced back in the oh, day. Oh, I so. know. I know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so we labored together, and uh, uh, the Lord... Uh, Really blessed it. All right. We'll talk more about that. But I also want to talk about this book because somewhere along the line, you were impressed with the prayers of Tozer. So this happened after your retirement, as you're processing and listening to all these sermons? You know, Wayne, it's it's amazing to listen to Tozer for uh, three full, a little more decades and be focused on the messages. And in a sense, when he would go to pray, okay, he's done and the message is over. But here I am, uh, just in the last month of my, my, my 33 year tour of duty at Moody Bible Institute, and I was struck with his prayer. And I heard a different voice, and I thought, my goodness. He's not talking to the people. He's talking to God. His mm. audience changed. Mm. It just kind of came to he me. He wasn't performing prayer. No, not at all. He wasn't reading them. He never. He didn't read his messages. He didn't read his prayers. I'm told by uh, people who knew him, and and so I thought well, I gotta I gotta write that one out. I wrote it out, and I thought, my goodness, I need to share this. And so I started sharing it with some friends, and they responded uh, quite favorably. And then I I did a couple more, and I thought, you know what, Lord. <laughs> do you want me to do all, uh, to find them all to begin with, and then do you want me to do it? And I just started. I started my retirement in January of 2020, and uh, little did I know that my pandemic year of seclusion would be um, identifying, um, transcribing uh, the prayers of A.W. Tozer. And what so I worked. I, I mean, it took me until the end of May to get them all in a basically a chronological order. Yeah, but now they are in print form. In this book, one hundred are that you've put together. One hundred prayers of A. W. Tozer. Well, you've brought some to the studio. Can we listen to one of these? Sure. Let's. Uh, do you have any idea when this would have been recorded? Fifty uh, somewhere, right? I, I, probably nineteen fifty-seven. All right, A. W. Tozer. Oh God, God, our Father, we're known of Him because we know Him, and we bless Thee. But oh, Thou knowest, Father, the the, the chronic non-expectation. Dear Lord, we are as Israel was in some measure anyhow. We don't expect anything from thee. We pray and pray and pray and pray the same word Wednesday after Wednesday and expect nothing. Forgive us, Lord, forgive us. Oh, thou knowest, Father, how easy it is to get into a mental rut. So easy to let yesterday dictate tomorrow and let things that were decide things that will be. But thou hast said thou art a God who maketh all things new, and we pray that thou wilt touch the hearts of all these friends and give them a faith that will rise and 
dare to begin to believe thee to do the unexpected and even the impossible. For thou art the God of the impossible. Well, just to hear the sincerity of that prayer, you're right. He is speaking to God. He's not uh, concerned that uh, man is listening at all, is he? Yeah. uh, Lyle Dorsett, in his uh, biography, The Passion for God, he details Tozer's daily habit of coming to the church, to his study, and changing into some old beat-up pants, and he called them his prayer trousers. Really? And then he would lay on the floor and pray. Prostrate. Yes. Really? Yeah. This is what Lyle Dorsett found by uh, his uh, talking with people who knew him, and uh, and, and it just it shows. And the, the fact that he talked about uh, the the writing of the pursuit of God that you know God gave me most of the chapters on my knees. And right, it's kind of hard to write when you're right with your face on the <laughs> yeah, ground, but right, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, so prayer was such a part of his yeah. life. It was the power. It was the influence and power. Absolutely, and it gave him great. It gave him great insight into the character of God. And, and people will say, oh, he was a mystic, and they kind of write him off. And it's like, no, you know, read the Bible. It talks about knowing God, That it, mm-hmm. Philippians uh, 3.10, that I may know him, yeah. know him and understand him. And he had great insight into those those things of the, you know, God's infinitude, his, his immutability, his omnipresence, his oh, transcendence, all of these. And he wrote about these in his book, The Knowledge of the Holy. But before he wrote that book, in 1958, he gave a series of 10 messages on that. Huh. And I, we have those those messages. You have the audio. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. Right. And I want to go back and say that we heard Tozer's voice there, but you've transcribed that prayer and others yes. into this book, Approaching the Almighty, 100 Prayers of A.W. Tozer, so our listeners can read those. Yes, they can read those, and uh, at the the uh, appendix at the end has the actual sermon and the date and the title of the sermon, oh, which okay. they could go then to the moodyaudio.com, okay. and they could actually hear right. uh, hear the, the, uh, the actual message. Yeah, yeah. But each of the chapters, there's 10 chapters in here, and um, each chapter starts off with Mr. Tozer's Thoughts about prayer. Now, I had to go through lots of sermons and identify. And so what I did was I thought, well, I need 10 openings. I'll do 20, and then I'll pick the best 10. Yeah. And so it took, it took a month or so to do that. Yeah. But the openings are his candid thoughts about prayer. Mm-hmm. And, and there, there are no A, B, C, 1, 2, 3s in here. No. Prayer. No. This is him praying, and this is him telling his congregation about the value uh, of prayer. And uh, so it's such a, it's a one of a kind thing. And what we learn about God just by simply listening to Tozer's prayers, that's important. You know, and listening to, and I, I was able to identify 181 prayers, and I'm amazed, hardly any repetition. <laughs> and, and in fact, listening to 400 messages of, from eight years of recordings, very little repetition. Okay. He, was, he was fresh. He was fresh in what he brought each time. And it's just as fresh to us today. You've been listening to my guest, Phil Shepard, whose book is titled Approaching the Almighty, 100 Prayers of A.W. Tozer from Moody Publishers. As always, we'll place a link to the book at firstpersoninterview.com. We'll also link you to an audio source Phil has created called Tozer Talks. It's all at firstpersoninterview.com. I'd like to thank the Far East Broadcasting Company for supporting First Person, allowing us to find and bring you these stories each week. FEBC's extensive broadcast ministry has seen remarkable results in terms of people of many cultures turning to Christ and learning His Word. 
Your prayer support is vital. Learn more and listen to the podcast until all have heard at febc.org. Now with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Join us again for First Person.